Hey, Nicole. Hi, John. Ready? Let's do it. All right. I'm Nicole Mears. I'm John Davis. And this is our podcast, Shape the Conversation. Nicole and I work here at Shape.io in beautiful Bend, Oregon, and that's where we're broadcasting today. So just some information about us. We left agency jobs as marketers to build software for digital advertising teams. And so on this podcast, we talk a lot about growing shape, business, entrepreneurship, pretty much anything under the sun related to growing a business like this. Yeah. And today we've got a topic that's near and dear to our hearts, and it is talking about how often you communicate with your customers, developing relationships with your customers. Uh, this one that came to mind for us recently because we recently lost a customer. And when we dug into why, we really found that was because we lost communication flow with them. We lost a thread. And the real topic of today's talk is don't assume a quiet customer is a happy customer. Somebody doesn't have to be complaining to be the next person to leave your company, your service, whatever it is. It's not always that real squeaky wheel that that's somebody ready to leave. Yep, absolutely. And so today we're going to go through a few things that we think are important in terms of building that relationship, some things that we're going to work on too, doing better here internally. And Nicole's got a lot of background developing relationships with clients and as former analysts and marketers and people that really are day-to-day at an ad agency was handling clients big part of the job was that communication, the cadence of the communication. Now, as a SaaS company, we've got a little bit of different type of customer client base, but I think it's just as important to be constantly communicating, getting ideas for new things, working together, and really feeling like it is a partnership and not just a business-customer relationship. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting because you hear so much about the benefits of SaaS and one of them is like, oh, you know, people just sign up, they subscribe, they're good, they're happy. And then when they're not happy, they unsubscribe. But, you know, really we found that in order to be successful and in order to maintain the, the churn rates, the high, you know, high retention rates that we have, I should say, the low churn rates, that we really do have to engage. And our product happens to be a little bit more convoluted they're not convoluted, but a little bit more complex, I would say, than, you know, some app where it is really that kind of sign up, yeah. be happy. I think one of the big things for us is our price point. Yeah. Our lowest price point is $300 a month. I think that's a big chunk of change uh, for any, any type of company to start with. So I think we can afford to probably have more of a high touch customer success type program than maybe a $5 app or $10 app. You know, you really can't have a a quarterly call with all 10,000 of your app users if you've got a a smaller base. So that's one of the big points today is when you are thinking about your customer success program or developing your customer relationship, making sure your customers are happy, you really got to think about your price point. Like what, what can you handle? Can you really handle a call with every customer every month? If you can't do that, how can you? Is it a email list that you're constantly updating? Is it some kind of Slack, you know, with your customers you've set up? Is there a forum where people can go to suggest new features or have communication? One of the things we're finding too is that you might think, oh, you have a vendor that comes in and says, like us, and says, hey, 
do you want to have a call every month? We talk about what happened, what challenges in your business, what can we work on to improve, whatever, and come in like that. And people are like, uh, no, I think we're good. <laughs> you know, like putting a monthly call on somebody's calendar is a big deal. It can be too much, especially when you're considering some of like, for example, our customers or agencies, typically some are individual advertisers and you're asking upwards of 10 to 15 people to get in a room. I mean, the cost of that alone, just to be like, hey, is everything all right? isn't going to be effective for them. So as John said, it's it's about finding the right method for the team or the person or, you know, your contact at a company. And it's establishing kind of the expectations with them, right? Because maybe they don't need that full deep dive check-in every single time. Maybe it's like you said, a quick Slack message back and forth with a customer, with one customer. And then it may be a full-on conversation with another. It's really going to depend, but you also have to put that in with your bigger picture. Do you have enough people to support it? Do you have enough resources? Yeah. With one of our customers that we have that's in town, where we're able to travel to their office. We try <laughs> to get in front of their team of 10 to 15 analysts often and get in the room with all of them. But that's probably not the reality for, for most cases. You know, you're going to be able to get a whole team's time that often. So maybe there's a single stakeholder or a champion for your product or service that you can really latch on to and they can be your conduit to the rest of the team. Try to keep a running doc. If we could do three things for you today, what would those top three things be for your company? And if you do that across a lot of your customers, you'll start to get a really good feel for, okay, where are really the challenges? Are there different cohorts around bigger, smaller size customers that we can look at to define the parameters of what like customer success is for them? Absolutely. And when we were at the ad agency, we had a bunch of clients. And uh, when I was managing the department, I grew weary of silence from clients and customers. Like I started to get really scared if I went to talk to one of the analysts. Was like, "Hey, when's the last time you talked with client X?" And they'd say, "Oh, you know, yeah, it's been a little while." I'd start to get worried immediately because yeah. <laughs> I do think you're right. I think the old mentality in SaaS software business a lot of times is, "Hey, if they're not putting in support tickets, if they're not complaining about." A certain feature not being there, they must be happy. You know, their credit card gets pinged every month, blah, blah, blah. But I, that's not the case. That's not the case. You know, I I can debunk anybody's SaaS dream <laughs> they may have that they're going to develop this SaaS product and the Stripe payments are just going to flow in at two in the morning, whether you're sleeping or not. And it's just not the case. It's really hard work having customers and, and managing those relationships and in, especially in marketing tech when there's a lot of competitors and there's a lot of people saying they can do lots of stuff. Um, really, sometimes the reason a, a customer might stay with you is that relationship solely. Mm -hmm. And you can really start to develop it as a differentiator for your company if you do really lean into it and can get some buy-in from your customers. I will say the thing that I appreciate about SaaS over you know my former marketing role is that you have some indicators, as long as you have strong KPI reporting, that inform you when you really need to reach out to somebody. And that's not to say that you should only rely on the KPIs. Obviously, you build a relationship with these people, hopefully, like you're going to feel out. It's not going to just be numbers driven. But that being said, let's say you manage 500 clients, right? And you are a team of 10. You don't have the bandwidth to reach out to all 500 clients every month. So let's talk about some things you can look at. Go into your KPIs, go into your analytics, determine 
are people logging in? Have their logins dropped off? Are they, you know, for us, it's creating new clients, creating new budgets. Has that significantly dropped off? Because if you see these people who are like used to be avid users or even just, you know, standard users, all of a sudden just disappear, that's a good indicator that you really need to reach out then. And again, not the only indicator, but something that can definitely drive at least a, you know, a check-in. And that's kind of conversely to marketing. With marketing, it was really hard because until I was a manager, or a, a team manager, I should say, I was an account manager, but we also had customer service reps. And so often the communication was in coordination with them. And we often didn't, I wouldn't say have the authority, but we often didn't have the the ability to just quickly reach out and say, hey, just checking in because that was the customer service rep's job. And so it had to be coordinated, it had to be efficient. And you'd go months potentially without talking to these customers and all of a sudden it was, hey, we're unhappy, we're leaving, or hey, we're unhappy, we're dropping PPC services. So I do appreciate, you know, kind of the SaaS side with this. It's a little bit easier to yeah. to see those. So my kind of piece of advice there would just be look to evaluate yeah. your KPIs and see if you have anything that can inform, you know, inform your strategy. Yeah, definitely on the software end, you've got probably a lot of good data you can look at. When I was in more services-based or consulting-type businesses, what I focused on with my consulting clients was what was the last piece of communication I sent them, whether it be email or call or whatever, that I really got some feedback from. Mm-hmm. You know, what what was the last time they dug in and said, asked a question? You know, more than just a two-word response, like, thanks for sending this over. Or when was the last time I really found out what their biggest challenge was at that time. A couple other things you can do if you're in more of a service base sort of setup is if you ask a customer at any one time, like they should be able to answer the questions, what have you done for me lately? And what are you gonna do for me next? Especially in the services industry, those two questions are are something that I really leaned on. I made sure my when I was doing marketing consulting that every one of my clients knew what I'd done for them over the last few months and what I was working on and what was going to happen next, and made sure they have a clear understanding of that. And also that they knew they could reach out at any time to change those priorities if the fire came up or something came. I love to start all my calls if you could get somebody on the phone and say, "Hey." You know, what's on the top of your mind? What, what are you thinking about right now? You, you might have this whole great agenda planned for your monthly check-in call, but you might go that whole call and not address their true concerns. So at the beginning of the call, ask them kind of outright, like, what's going on? And that, and that can lead to a lot of great conversations, and that's what building that customer relationship is about. Like the, the best customer relationships we have, our team has a really good feel for what they're looking for, what they like about Shape, why they use Shape. And whatever type of business you're in, you should be answering those questions. You know, why did they choose you over competitor? Why would they leave you? The, these types of things you can elicit through these calls. Yeah, I, I think it's another great point that you've had because you actually wrote an article about this called Silence is Not Golden in PPC, is that with whatever method of communication you're trying to have with your customers is that you want to create communication that gets a response. So again, in marketing, we would sometimes send out all these reports and it would be, here's our analysis and it would be crickets. And it was the most frustrating thing because you'd spend hours working on it. And then again, maybe six months later, the client's angry, frustrated. Maybe they never even received that report. That happened to us a couple times. And you didn't know what else you could do and so really commuting like creating that communication that gets a response or that 
that yeah. even you know, kind of forces one can be really beneficial. It's going to depend on the method you use again, right? Uh, something more lower touch, maybe using something like hot jar or, you know, kind of that polling software, putting it on your site and just kind of trying to drive like customer feedback about using your site, whereas a higher touch, and that's for, you know, maybe those customers that you can't touch every month, whereas a higher touch client that you are talking to every month, that's going to be that in-person or that, you know, over the phone communication, really eliciting that feedback. And that can be beneficial. I mean, it doesn't have to be these, you know, these big grandiose pieces of feedback or these big grandiose statements of we love you or, you know, we hate you right now and fix this. You know, it can, it can just be, like you said, new, you know, small new ideas or yeah. conversations or you know, things to start that. Yeah. And just to make sure that you're, you're talking to them. Yeah. And as the one offering the service or offering the product, if you have the customers, it, it's your burden to break that silence. Mm-hmm. It, it is really on you. And I, I can say this is absolutely one of the hardest things that I've I've had to do during this whole journey of trying to get shape off the ground and with our team is continually force yourself to talk to your customers. And it sounds crazy that that is one of the hardest things to do, but I can promise you it is because these the calls are work. You know, it does take work to build these relationships. If they ask, you know, we want to get these top three priorities done. Now you've made this list that's really transparent and they're pretty clear with what they want to see happen. If you don't address those needs for a year, year and a half, there's some work to be done. You know, like you're probably gonna have to tackle some of these challenges for them if you're making such a point of, uh, of emphasis on it. And that, that's really, it's challenging. One of my big like mentors that I, I don't know him, just like from his writing and his works, is Steve Blank, and he's one of the the fathers of the lean startup movement with Eric Ries. They work together, and his big thing is get out of the building, talk to customers. He said, "You you won't believe it, but this is the absolutely the hardest thing to do, but the most important thing you can do." And we constantly struggle with that. You know, we'll. We'll go, oh, all of a sudden it's three months and we haven't talked to this customer. And it can happen so easily, but you have to be really mindful of it. You have to intentionally try to do things to spark these conversations with your customers, especially the quiet ones. Like we're, I I think we're much more, you're much more likely at any one time to lose somebody who's just like quiet and you don't know where they're at than somebody who's engaged with support tickets and like, is frustrated that your your software won't work well because you do solve something for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they if there wasn't enough of a spark there, they wouldn't even be filling out the support ticket. They just drop your service and move on. Yep. So the, those people are engaged in some way that like these silent customers aren't. And that's what we're really trying to hone in on here. Like don't assume these quiet, non-squeaky wheels are going to be happy because they might not be happy unless you hear it from them. So... I have to ask the question. I mean, do you ever think there's a time when a client, a quiet client is okay? Like, or, yeah. it, you know, do you just got to go after clients no matter what? I'm skeptical if I hear like pretty short feedback from a customer that is positive. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like a, no, like in shape, talk to you next week or something. Or like, hey, we're happy. Everything's good. Moving on. A lot of times I'll go in and then look at the analytics and that person like hasn't logged in in a week and a half. 
or hasn't logged in in two weeks. You know, that is the great part with SaaS is you can have some checks on, on how they're actually using the software. Do they have more advanced features implemented or not? So I think absolutely there are times when quiet customers are happy and they're using it, whatever, but be very skeptical. Be be very paranoid Vigilant. that, that they're, they're not, I would say. And that is, I think... In any endeavor, you know, whether you're working at a bigger company, how can you get closer to the customers? Or if you're working in a big company where you're not customer facing, like in some way your customers then are other people within the company. You know, if you work in HR or something like that, talk to your essential customers, your coworkers, and try to make that a point of emphasis too so you know what they're struggling with and, and where you can help. But I think it's a really risky move to assume that quiet customers or not people that aren't complaining are happy. Mm -hmm. I think kind of one last point I'd like to make too is just that if you can turn or if you can ensure that you know you've got that engaged customer, we've seen really, really positive results with those customers who may have, you know, again, started off quiet, but we got them engaged at least, you know, on the cadence that they were happy with. And then all of a sudden we started seeing return from that from these customers recommending us to yeah. other people and so you know we did have and uh, still do you know try to send a swag sometimes or you know and again in our previous jobs it was sometimes people would send donuts or cookies or you know to customers to just even if it wasn't like again that call that very regimented call every month it was just a hey we're thinking about you or hey we heard this congratulations and that's really kind of that customer relationship piece of mm-hmm. it where it just it, it puts you over the top a little bit more because mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that some of our bigger competitors are really, really big competitors, right? They may be able to do that for their massive giant enterprise clients, but they have thousands upon thousands of clients. They're not able to do that. It is one of the benefits of being smaller SaaS versus bigger SaaS. But again, look for those opportunities, again, that fit within your your structure, your budget, your whatever, because those those experiences delight the customers and they in turn help drive more business, mm-hmm. which shouldn't be your main motivator, but it's a nice little perk. Yep, definitely. And if you, you are looking to start something new in Endeavor, talking to your customers, getting out of the building, it's really, really hard, but you got to do it. It's something you need to do. Be very paranoid of quiet customers. Don't assume they're happy. If you're in the local space, we're very jealous of you. Just yeah. meaning you have local customers and that's it. Yeah, you just show up, yeah, drop off go. a cake or something. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. It's SaaS, digital world. And honestly, I think one of the things that we're going to have a challenge with is that the phone used to be a, a medium where that really happened a lot. And people are less excited about being on the phone. I think more than ever, we've got a, you know, the younger generation continues to infiltrate the workforce. And I don't think there's many 23, 22, two-year-olds out there that are super excited about some monthly conference call to sit on, even though it's per, it could be beneficial. It's just not the way people are, are thinking today. So get out there, talk to your customers, then talk to, talk to them some more. Find ways for more people in your company to talk to them. It can be one of the healthiest things for your product, service, customer support, and your peace of mind, knowing where your customer base truly is, not just hoping they're happy. I think it's a perfect way to end the show. As always, let us know. You know, is there anything you do in particular with your customers that helps you keep those 
quiet clients from churning or really, you know, sets your customer success above. You can find show notes with links to our emails, social, and more at blog.shape.io slash podcast. All right. Until next week, over and out from Ben Norton.